Welcome to Misty 101 we hope that you enjoy this episode. Did ancient Egyptians have electricity, and was the Pyramid of Giza a power plant? Curiosity and surprise have been present when trying to figure out how did the ancients in Egypt achieve their artistic and technical perfection in total darkness in the immense underground corridors that are found in countless monuments in different necropolis through Egypt. Just how did they manage these incredible feasts without a constant light source? That is a question that has been partially answered by archaeologists and historians, but these theories haven't been accepted by everyone. An impressive hypothesis has been present when it comes to ancient Egypt as a growing number of researchers argue that we should no longer accept the popular version of who actually invented electricity. They argue that electricity was originally discovered in the ancient world and the Egyptian priesthood was the first to harness the power to illuminate their underground tombs and monuments. Alternative theorists point towards a series of reliefs covering the walls in a dark corner of a crypt in the Temple of Atha at Dendra. One of these reliefs caught the attention of a visitor, a Norwegian engineer who had no doubt that what he actually saw depicted in the wall of the Temple of Dandra was in fact an ancient light bulb. This fantastic revelation spread quickly and caught the attention of engineers and researchers alike, and after studying the relief they agreed that the depictions on the walls of the Temple of Atha at Dendra certainly seemed to represent an electric light bulb. As researchers compared and studied the depictions comparing the different types of bulbs they reached a conclusion. The ancient Egyptians had working light bulbs achieved by what is called Crookes tubes. Officially, a Crookes tube is an early experimental electrical discharge tube, with partial vacuum, invented by English physicist William Crookes and others around 1869-1875, in which cathode rays, reams of electrons, were discovered. When the tube, Crookes, is in operation, the beam is created where the power cord enters the cathode tube at the opposite end. In the image of the temple, the electron beam is represented as an extended snake. The tail of the snake begins where a cable from the power box enters the tube, and the head of the snake touches the opposite end, and in Egyptian art, the serpent was the symbol of divine energy, Chris Dunn, the Giza power plant understand why electrical engineers and other researchers were excited by the discovery of the Danda bulb, and why they believe that the ancient Egyptians had Crookes tubes. We observe the following images, that according to ancient astronaut theorists is evidence that supports their theories. According to researchers the similarities are immense. Dendra light bulb could in fact be a device very similar to what we know today is a Crookes tube. Opponents of the hypothesis argue that along the ancient temples of Egypt and crypts that have extremely intricate designs of sculptures, reliefs and murals exist where there is no light available. Possibility of the use of lanterns and lamps has been proposed throughout the years, but researchers have failed to find traces of soot. Egyptian mirrors could have been a possibility but a very ineffective one as Egyptian mirrors were made of polished copper and would have not been able to reflect light with sufficient intensity to bounce off of seven or eight mirrors to deliver enough light to the underground chambers. Not only was the mirror an issue, and the fact that the sun actually moves across the sky, ancient Egyptians would have needed to constantly adjust the position of the mirrors to accurately reflect light making this theory not an option. Tylizer plants are shutting down, 
leaving global food supply on the brink of collapse. World's food supply is being systematically deconstructed in the name of fighting the Wuhan coronavirus. COVID-19. Highlyzer plants, we told, must be shut down because of global warming or the virus or something. Subsequently, farmers are increasingly unable to grow food for a hungry planet. We reported, CF Industries Holdings Incorporated is halting operations, supposedly due to high natural gas prices. High prices are apparently a result of inflation, which is supposedly due to the Chinese virus, as opposed to a corrupt fiat currency Ponzi scheme that has been abused by the criminal elite to enrich themselves for more than a century. No estimated timeline for production to resume, farmers in Europe are no longer able to grow enough food for the continent. Due to contagion as they are calling it, North America and other regions of the world can probably expect the same very soon. In the summer, UK human rights activist Gurcharan Singh warned about a coming wave of fresh lockdowns, which criminal governments will blame on the Chinese virus. People are stuck at home the next time. A full famine followed by mass starvation will ensue. Time, he warned that if governments were allowed to lock the people down again, their intention would be to starve the people, just like Mussolini did warn Tim Brown, writing for DC Clothes Line. Seeing the dominoes falling one by one in a manufactured crisis over a virus that has yet to even be proven to exist domino to fall is that a major European fertilizer producer has closed its manufacturing plants due to high energy costs. What impact will this have on crops, and it have an impact on food scarcity? Take global genocide for people to finally wake up. No coincidence that all of this is occurring as the Northern Hemisphere, where most of the world's population lives, is entering the cold winter season. Prices sky high food supplies dwindling and energy rates soaring, it is a perfect storm situation for unleashing global genocide. Energy blackouts occur, many people will freeze to death in addition to starving to death. Dojo Biden once warned, there is a dark winter on the way that will catch many off guard who exchanged the truth for lies. According to Pascal Leroy, Senior Vice President of Core Ingredients at Roquette Frères Sat, a France-based food processing company, high energy prices are creating inflationary pressure on every other cost for food production. It's not already, these higher costs will eventually be passed on to consumers, which are already being punished with runaway inflation caused by the Federal Reserve and its toxic financial policies. All this. Most people are still just sitting on their asses pretending as though everything is just fine, even when it is clearer than ever before that things are not fine, and are nowhere close to fine. Be surprised to see more nitrogen and chemicals production across Europe idled in the coming days until gas prices moderate admitted Joel Jackson, an analyst at BMO Capital Markets, in a report on this dire situation. Reports are also now admitting that this is an especially serious problem because it threatens to starve out much of the world if it is not remedied, and soon. Real food production having become the norm throughout much of the planet, the entire food supply system now relies on a steady stream of this fertilizer to continue growing crops using conventional methods reports warn.
Johnson proposes ban on MPs acting as paid political consultants or lobbyists amid Slee's row fallout. Johnson has proposed banning MPs from acting as paid political consultants or lobbyists as he tries to stem the Slee's row that has battered the Tory party. He had written to the Commons Speaker to propose the Code of Conduct for MPs is updated. His plans in a letter to Sir Lindsay Hoyle the Prime Minister said the government would ensure MPs who are neglecting their duties to their constituents and prioritising outside interests would be investigated, and appropriately punished by the existing disciplinary authorities. He'd also ban MPs from exploiting their positions by acting as paid political consultants or lobbyists. Attempt to draw a line under the damaging saga that began with Mr Johnson's bid to overhaul the disciplinary system to prevent the immediate suspension of Owen Patterson. Mr was forced to U-turn on that plan and the Conservative former minister resigned as the MP for North Shropshire as a vote was rescheduled to ban him from the Commons for six weeks for breaching lobbying rules. Johnson's latest plans came a day ahead of Labour staging a vote to ban MPs from taking paid consultancies or directorships during an Opposition Day debate on Wednesday. So Labour will look carefully at the Prime Minister's proposals, adding, if he is accepting the motion in full then that's a significant victory for us in our work to clean up politics. Conservative backbenchers would have found themselves in the difficult position of having to either back Labour's plans or face allegations they were not stamping out sleaze. In recent weeks, has also focused on second jobs for MPs as it emerged former Attorney General Geoffrey Cox stands to make more than £1 million, on top of annual MPs' salary of £81,000 representing British Virgin Islands in a corruption inquiry launched by the Foreign Office. Led to questions over whether the MP for Torridge and West Devon, and a practising barrister, was spending enough time on his constituents. Min sent Sir Lindsay two key recommendations from the Committee on Standards in Public Life's report on MPs' outside interests from 2018. The changing their code of conduct so that any outside work should be within reasonable limits and not prevent them from fully carrying out their duties. The so ban MPs from accepting paid work as a parliamentary strategist, advisor or consultant, and from accepting payment or offers of employment to act as political consultants. Miss said changing the Commons Code is rightly a matter for Parliament but said he believes those two recommendations would be the basis of a viable approach which could command the confidence of parliamentarians and the public. The tweeted his proposals shortly after a motion, approved unanimously on Tuesday, implemented the government U-turn over the Owen Patterson row. It was so-called Leeds Amendment which looked to establish a review of the MP standards investigation process in a bid to delay Mr Patterson's suspension. It also lost the Commons Standards Committee's report which would have suspended Mr Patterson from Parliament for 30 days if he had remained an MP. Miss quit as an MP after the government backed down on its attempt to delay his suspension and reform the standards process. An attirely endorsed the Commons Standards Watchdog's report on Mr Patterson's behaviour was foiled on Monday night as veteran Tory Sir Christopher Chope objected to the move. 
magnitude of the damage caused to all MPs and Parliament by the Slees Row during a debate in Parliament on Tuesday. The Faunister said it was clear that former MP Mr Patterson had broken lobbying rules and the attempt by MPs aided and abetted by the government to save him was misplaced, ill-judged and just plain wrong. Mississo suggested scrapping the proposed controversial standards overhaul which sparked the crisis was a step in the right direction. But she said such a move would not undo the damage done by the government's botched attempt to delay the parliamentary suspension for former Tory cabinet minister Mr Patterson. Mrs McCommons, let's be clear, this is not a party political issue. Damage to all members of parliament and to parliament as a whole. On the report Mr Patterson's actions, Tory MP Ms May said, I believe the conclusion was clear and fair, Owen Patterson broke the rules on paid advocacy and the attempt by members of this House, aided and abetted by the government, under cover of reform of the process effectively to clear his name was misplaced, ill-judged and just plain wrong. Mrs May, it would be a mistake to think that because someone broke the rules, the rules were wrong. The rule advocacy is a long-standing one. The problem is there was an attempt to effectively let off a then-member of the House. That of the rules on paid advocacy and in the face of the processes established by this House. The May urged the government to look at recommendations on how to strengthen rules on MPs' standards put forward by a committee in 2018. Mrs. Mida issues over the service given by MPs to their constituents is a matter for their electorate. Opening the debate, the Commons leader, Jacob Rees-Mogg, expressed regret and told MPs an amendment to save Mr. Patterson was a mistake. Mr. Red, I think it was simply the tragedy that afflicted Mr. Owen. Patterson coloured and clouded our judgement, and my judgement, incorrectly and it is as simple and as sad as that. The Lee should be considering his position as should the Prime Minister because they needed to undermine the Standards Commissioner in order for the silly and stupid plan to work. Pete was NP. He added that the amendment conflated an individual case with more general concerns, that was a mistake. But S's leader Pete Wishart suggested Mr Rees-Mogg and Prime Minister Mr Johnson should consider their positions. Mr Wissized the malicious malign attempt to undermine and smear the Parliamentary Commissioner for Standards, Catherine Stone. It was misvestigation that found Mr Patterson breached the Commons Code of Conduct by lobbying ministers and officials for two companies paying him more than £100,000 per year. On Monday, Secretary Quasi Quarteng apologised to Ms Stone after he publicly speculated about her future. Mr Wishart, she shouldn't be considering her position, the Leader of the House should be considering his position as should the Prime Minister because they needed to undermine the Standards Commissioner in order for the silly and stupid plan to work for them. Of course, it worked at all. Conservative MP for Christchurch, said he blocked the moan on Monday night as it was important for the Commons to debate this issue openly. I have got no about that whatsoever he added. Mr Patif, Rose, took her own life last year and the former MP had suggested this was, in part, due to the investigation against him. Labour's Chris, 
who chairs the Standards Committee, said he believed the Patterson family has been through hell over the last year and said, It is a matter of deep regret to me that the parliamentary shenanigans of the past three weeks can only have added to that misery. This house had his family no favours, we should be ashamed of what has happened here, but sadly Mr Patterson's was not the only catalogue of bad behaviour. As countless TIV MPs have said to me, and incidentally I would just like to praise a lot of the new Conservative MPs who have shown far greater insight over the last three weeks than some of their more long-standing colleagues, the way the government and Prime Minister have handled this has been shameful and it has brought the House into disrepute. Mr. Briar government's behaviour, just plain wrong, 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 wrong and the government knows it. Australian risked their lives to take Taliban fighters hostage only for Afghan police to immediately release them so they started just killing them instead, inquiry hears. Australian were forced to put themselves in more danger than necessary to combat the Taliban following futile attempts to involve local authorities, an inquiry has heard. Soldiers would risk to capture Taliban fighters and hand them over to Afghan police only to see them in subsequent missions after being set free. A frustrated Toon leader said his men would decide to wait until an enemy fighter had time to get their weapon and shoot at troops so they were legally allowed to kill them instead. You could just imagine for our guys who were there and had to make these decisions on the ground former Special Forces soldier Heston Russell told a Senate inquiry on Monday. On successive dips, many of my guys found themselves time and time again capturing the same person. In the meantime person had his fingerprints on an explosive device, or had been linked to being part of a suicide attack. The Australia's has not released its rules of engagement governing soldiers in Afghanistan for security reasons. The platoon mounded in 2012 conducted 67 missions and killed 117 insurgents. Mr Russell's they would give local authorities would have held up in any western court but did not amount to anything there on the ground. This would demorate who then began questioning why they were conducting the missions when the same Taliban fighter would attack them just weeks after being captured. It et away purpose about why we're risking our lives he said. We are literally too, explosives, laden lands doing our only to have those we are capturing come back. Mr Russell arrested his anger at the release of the Afghan soldier known as Hek Machala, who ambushed three soldiers in 2012 in what is known as a green-on-blue attack. Hek Machala of the fall of Afghanistan forced veterans and Afghan families to relive the damage and trauma of the shooting. He was transferred to Taliban US peace talks in 2020 and released in October after the Taliban took over the Afghanistan capital of Kabul. Germany stokes B and suspends Russia gas pipeline amid EU energy crisis. Russia's new Noru pipeline was scheduled to transport gas from Russia into Germany, bypassing Poland and Ukraine. Mr Putin was way months since the pipeline was completed in September, and has been accused of using the pipeline as a geopolitical weapon after decreasing gas supplies from other pipelines to speed up the certification process. 
the move to order crease gas flow from his vast network of other pipelines had caused wholesale gas prices across Europe to skyrocket and further deepen the energy crisis. But instead of spruval, Germany has retaliated by suspending the procedure to certify Nord Stream 2. After a rigorous exam of the documentation, the Bundesnetzagenta decided that it would only be possible to certify an operator of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline if that operator was organized in a legal form under German law. Nord Stream 2 aid based in Zug, Switzerland, backed by the Russian gas company Gazprom, has decided not to change its existing legal form but instead to found a subsidiary under German law to only govern the German part of the pipeline. This means that the sub become the owner and operator of the German part of the pipeline. The subsidiary then fill the requirements of an independent transmission operator that is set out in the German Energy Industry Act. This is a move that uriate Mr. Putin, as the Russian president's gas squeeze was intended to try and avoid EU law being slapped down on Nord Stream 2. But now, if the opens the pipeline will have to abide German law. The German regulators have said that Nord Stream 2 did not meet German and EU laws requiring pipeline operators to be separately owned from energy suppliers, something Mr. Putin would have thought could be brushed over if he cut off gas supplies. While the regulators' emperor and appeared to be a technical rather than a political decision, Bundesnetzagenta claims it would still be able to complete the certification process by the January deadline. But as Mr. Putin has been hard for certification to come into effect quickly, he will likely not be best pleased. The move comes as the EU and Russia are reaching boiling point. Not only is the gas fueling a backlash against the Russian president from the rest of the bloc, but complaints from its nearby neighbors Ukraine have been particularly rampant. Ukraine has long turned a Yonel community to step in and slap down sanctions on the pipeline. CEO of Ukraine Gnaftogas, Yuri Vitrenko, said, joint statement from the United States and Germany said that if the Kremlin used gas as a weapon, there would be an appropriate response. We are now waiting of sanctions on a 100% subsidiary of Gazprom, the operator of Nord Stream 2. But while the US rumt ever since President waived sanctions back in May, the tension has only increased. And now, there are Russia has sent nearly 100,000 troops to the Russia-Ukraine border. If that is not enough, Eastern Europe migrant crisis he is also accused of playing a hand in. Thousands of migrants on Poland, Latvia and Lithuanian borders after passing through Belarus, a close ally of Russia's, illegally. Poland's Prime Minister Oryki warned, this attack which Lukashenko is conducting has its mastermind in Moscow, the mastermind is President Putin. Anders Aislund, author's crony capitalism wrote on Twitter. The Kremlin is instigating a perfect storm in Eastern Europe as the winter is approaching. The West, the EU and US need to act hard and fast. Floods caused by trap people on highways, prompt evacuations in British Umbia. An atmospheric river caught flooding and mud and rock slides in southern British Columbia on Sunday and Monday, trapping families in cars without food or medications shutting down highways, 
down power lines and placing thousands of people under a sweeping evacuation order. In one video posted, a house is shown floating down a brown, overflowing river, before breaking apart on a bridge. Other footage shows in underways and bridges, and the blinking lights of vehicles partially submerged near Vancouver. Landslides trapped as many hundred vehicles on Highway 7 overnight, a scenic route running east of Vancouver, Mike Farnworth, the province's public safety minister, told reporters on Monday. People stuck inside for officials to deliver food, insulin and diapers as they waited to be rescued, local media reported. This is a significant storm, said, adding that gusty winds could hinder rescue efforts. It ranks up there, the largest. We don't know yet. The 7,000 Rit, a city some 170 miles northeast of Vancouver, were evacuated Monday, after floodwaters inundated two bridges across the Coldwater River and blocked access to a third. Flooding also shut its treatment plant, and officials warned of a risk of mass sewage backup and personal health risk. BC Emergency has said on Twitter that it had transported nine people with minor injuries to the hospital Sunday night after a landslide near the city of Agassiz, roughly 77 miles east Vancouver. It was not clear whether there were more or any deaths related to the flooding. Atmospheric river slams Washington with record rains, flooding and high winds. To the people of merit, ish Columbians affected by the flooding. Please stay safe Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said on Twitter. We're ready to provide whatever is needed as you deal with and recover from the flooding and this extreme weather. Lieutenant CMD Artone, a spokesman for the Joint Rescue Coordination Centre in Victoria, British Columbia, said that the Canadian Forces Centre, which leads and directs search and rescue efforts in the region with the Canadian Coast Guard, has three CH-149 Cormorant helicopters helping to rescue stranded motorists on Highway 7. The helicopters are ideally hoisting people out of difficult areas Wright said. They are prioritizing their is where they might need to hoist people out instead of landing, loading people and getting them out. It's not to say that they couldn't, but that's what they're prioritizing right now. The flooding in British Columbia's extreme weather event to hit the region, which experienced deadly heat waves and devastating wildfires this summer, including a blaze that erased the entire town of Lytton off the map. It was poised to raise more cut whether the province could have been more prepared. Landslides are unpredictable, happen foreign worth said, defending the government's response. What's important is that one realize. Search and rescue is called out. One woman from Abbotsford told her son that she was forced to sleep in her car on Highway 7 with her two young children Sunday night, conserving gas by turning on the engine for just a few minutes at a time to keep the kids warm. She and others had resorted to can water to drink, the newspaper reported. In a video released Sunday by Columbia Transportation Ministry, Muddy water streams down part of the province's Highway 5, taking up more than a full lane in some parts. Another image shared by the Minimud and debris blanketing the province's Highway 1. 
Highway 5 and other highways remained fully or partially closed on Monday, and flood watches were still in effect for the Fraser Valley and other areas. A flood warning was in place for the river. Public weather alerts also wore no fall along the Coquihalla Highway on Monday night. Abbotsford, a city just at border, had also asked residents of certain areas to evacuate due to mudslides and flooding. The British Columbia government eased to register with emergency support services. The deluge of water came from a river, a winding stream of intense water vapor likened to a river in the sky, which dumped precipitation on the province's southern coast on Sunday and Monday, and drenched the Pacific Northwest in the United States. The unusual rainfall caused to rise. Armil Castellan, a meteor with Environment Canada, told reporters on Monday that the current flooding followed two months of unusually heavy rain in the area. He said that more than six inches fallen in some of the affected areas and that more power outages were likely. We're seeing what has fallen in the last four to 36 hours as being equivalent to and surpassing some monthly November statistics for some locations Castellan said, which is saying a lot considering November is our wettest month. Atmospheric rivers typically pose storm risks and have so far remained relatively stable in the face of climate change, according to a Yale University study this year. But the study predicted that rising gas emissions could cause precipitation from atmospheric rivers to rise 20 mm, or 0.8 inches, per month. A NASA-led study 2000 projected that while climate change could slightly reduce the number of atmospheric rivers in the future, the warming of the planet will probably cause them to be longer, wider and more intense. We hope that you have enjoyed our today and we thank you for your support. We hope to see you again next time.